impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show for monetization clarity. And today, social media ads agency help. That is a mouthful. I am joined by Jamie O'Connor. She's joining us from Breckenridge, Colorado, my favorite, second favorite place in the world. Jamie, how are you doing today? I am awesome. I'm doing really great. I'm so excited to be here with you. (laughs) Of course you're awesome. You're from Colorado. That's true. Um, So I want to get into this in just a second, because what Jamie helps people do, she can be your ads agency. If you need somebody to help with social media marketing, she can do that. But more importantly, she will actually show you how to hire for your company, because we know there is a ton of junk in the marketplace. There are a ton of people out there saying that they are, quote, the expert. She's been doing it for years. She can come into your business. She can show you how to hire a better agency, or she can train your internal team, which is really key, because once they know how to do it, they can implement it and they can follow your guidelines. She helps small businesses level up to the big game. Jamie, we're going to get into that here in a second, but I want to start with, so that people know where you came from, where did all of this start for you? (laughs) That's always a fun story. Um, because honestly, entrepreneurialism in general has been in my blood. I think I was born with it. Um, I joke that I started my first business selling scrunchies in the fourth grade to my friends. (laughs) So I've always been in that route, but I've also, luckily had the opportunity over my career to work for other people that were either incredible entrepreneurs or just really brilliant in marketing that I got to learn a lot from. I think that is one of the things that makes my experiences a little bit unique. Um, As a younger entrepreneur, when I started, a lot of people get into entrepreneurialism and they don't go back. And I really side hustled. I had my own businesses. I went to work for other people. I contracted for people and I worked for people who really um, taught me so much. And one of the things that happened was that I had my own events management business. I was working for some of the most powerful sports marketing people in the world. And I learned so much on the marketing side. I started to get into digital. This was back in 2014, 2015. And I burned out hard doing like 18 hour days, weeks out of time. I would go to, you know, I had contracts at the Super Bowl. I'd be gone for six weeks. I'd work 18 hour days all six weeks and come back so sick. And I was like, I have to, I have to change my life. And I decided I was going to go headlong into developing my own product and having my own e-commerce business, which was a little crazy. And I did it. I had some success and I also lost a lot of money. Um, And I learned so much of what you shouldn't do, which was when I got to go work for a product company that had been around for six years. They had reached seven figures and they were really at that like tipping point of getting to the next level. And they needed someone to help them with direct 
to consumer marketing, e-commerce, and take that channel to the next level. And I was with them while they went from that 1.5 million to about 10 million in sales. And I learned the true intricacies of what it takes to run a business at that level, what it takes to get to that next level and jump that leap. And what kind of digital marketing practices I had totally done incorrectly and what I needed to do. And I think even more so what small teams desperately need in order to be successful, especially in these companies that are growing and don't quite have the funds yet to hire like a CMO or a VP that can really guide a lot of strategy. Nice. There, How I opened my agency. <laughs> there's, I mean, there is a ton in there I want to unpack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so first off, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, which I am 99% sure that you are, <laughs> I want you to realize she started her journey as an entrepreneur when she was young, which is not uncommon, but she didn't have the ego that said, I have to do everything myself. She was willing to go work for other people, paid and unpaid, to learn the skills. And this is something that I feel like the millennial generation coming up right now, they're like, pay me, pay me. Like Maybe F you pay me. Bees, by the way, I just want okay. to point that out. <laughs> well, there's a lot of. But totally younger millennials. Yeah. I'm going like... to separate out myself as an elder millennial. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> but there, I mean, you know what I'm saying there, it's the F you pay me. Yeah, and it's like, totally. You can totally. learn so much if you're hungry and you want to be successful. I I gained so much knowledge by reaching out to people and saying, hey, like, I'll come work for you for two or three months. How can I help you? Showing up in an attitude of service, put, check your ego at the door. Like that is something that I think every entrepreneur should learn up front. If you do, you will be way, way more successful. But then mm -hmm. you went and like, most entrepreneurs, we have shiny object syndrome. You're like, Hey, let me start an econ business. Yeah. Cool. That sounds like fun. Let's do that because I wasn't burned out doing anything else. So <laughs> chuck that and do this. But you, you started getting curious. You, yeah. had, you again, checked your ego and you were like, okay, I'll go over here and I'll learn what I can. You now help businesses do the same thing because it's the journey that you went through. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's talk a little bit about, I want to talk about mistakes that companies make because we've all seen the companies out there. They're somewhere, just like you said, like somewhere usually between like 750 to mm -hmm. maybe 1.5, 2 million. They have a team, 10, 15 people. They're starting to get some revenue coming in. And if you're listening to this and you're like a million dollars, sounds like a lot of money. If you have 15 employees and I mean, your cost yeah. of goods could easily be like, you're still break even. If, if not negative. A lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So which. Direct to consumer <laughs> marketing. Well, you're, you hit it like so solidly in your, where you were going direct to consumer. A lot of times the entrepreneur is just like, they were able to sell through their enthusiasm. But once mm -hmm. the business hits 750, they're like, they can't be the only salesperson. They're wearing too many hats. How do you do direct to consumer? What are some of the best practices and what do you see? Where do you see companies messing up? Where do they make the mistakes? Yeah. And so much of this comes out of my own experience, but now also having 
had my agency for three years and worked with some really, truly incredible companies that I have seen go from that 750 to five, six, seven, ten million dollars. Um, and there are really common mistakes. I would say the biggest mistake that I see is going after that shiny object syndrome instead of really, which we hear so much, but there are actually really simple solutions. And so I want to go back to when I started working at Silly Pine, which was the product company after I lost all my money in the e-commerce brand. Um, This was a scenario that I think is so common. I see it in my clients. I hear it all the time. And it is, they're trying to hire someone to take over the marketing. They sometimes that at the company I was at, they'd gone through two people that just hadn't hit the mark. And it's because they're trying to hire at a lower budget. So they're hiring a manager director on a coordinator salary. And they're expecting them to be able to actually accomplish these big strategies, honor the CEO's vision. And they actually don't really know where they're supposed to be going. And there's so much out there hitting our face all the time with all these new strategies and the new shiny objects and the new thing that's going to take you to the next level. And they're not just taking a step back and saying, okay, what is the goal I need to hit at the end of the year? What do I need to do in the next 90 days? What are those like actual numbers that I want to hit? And what do I need to do each week to hit that 90 day goal? And just like break it down in a really simplified way. Um, By doing that, we can then look at what do we want to accomplish in this next 90 days and say, oh, that shiny object actually isn't what we need right now. And we can focus on what needs to happen right now in order to be able to hit the goals that we want to hit. And when our clients start to do that, as we actually do, even though we handle their advertising, we actually hold 90 day strategy sessions with them at the beginning of every 90 days. It helps us to be able to make a really strong advertising plan, but it also helps them to be able to focus their time and energy in a way that is going to get them to the next level faster. And we just see once they start doing that, the acceleration actually starts to happen instead of whatever new tactic they got an ad for and they think they need to try. Well, that's Um, so I want to touch on shiny object syndrome because this was (laughs) this was a challenge when I started my business. I think everybody goes through it because we hear those just like you said, you'll see the social media feed. Somebody over here will talk about, oh, my goodness, I heard. And we take it as gospel and we're like, that sounds good. I think the impetus that starts shiny object syndrome is one FOMO, fear of missing out, right? You're like, I might miss the next big thing. But also I think it is like there are, you can probably point to them. We'll talk about this. Like there are usually two, three, four strategies that work really, really well. And if Mm -hmm. you just stick to those, you'll hit it, but it requires work. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times it's like, ooh, Clubhouse is hot. Let me jump on Clubhouse. I'll just do 90 rooms and everybody will come to me and that'll be amazing. Well, it sounds good. And entrepreneurs were visionaries, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's part of, you know, we're on the visionary side of things and we're like, we see the possibilities. Mm -hmm. We're like, the world is going to be amazing. And then we jump into it and then that works for two weeks or doesn't work. And then we're like over here. Um, Have you read Rocket Fuel? Do you know what yes, that book is? And traction. <laughs> okay. So Rocket Fuel, for those of you who are listening, 
it's the visionary is on one side and they're the person who's like, oh, this is going to be amazing. And then there's a person called an implementer. And it sounds like you come into the business and you kind of are the implementer for hire. You say, okay, does it fit in your lane? And is it going to reach the goal that you want? Um, yeah. That- well, I teach marketing teams. So on that side of things, we teach marketing teams, especially marketing teams that are um, in smaller businesses where they probably don't have someone that has CMO, VP, or even director level experience. Mm-hmm. We teach them how to be strategic and smart to make the right decisions, to be able to then actually execute the tactics and or, and or hire the right people to execute the tactics. Because so often these small teams are getting hit with the visionaries ideas like over and over and all these different things coming at them and they're overwhelmed and they don't know, they don't even really know how to start. And so they're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to just figure out how to make it work. And they just need some foundational guidance to get them to that next level. So let's, okay. I want to come back to 90 days and then we're yeah. going to hit the foundation. So yeah. a 90 day plan, I, my business changed when I stopped looking at a three year and a five year. And I said, yeah. okay, this is, this is what my mentor at the time told me. Your one year goal should be no more than 15 words. Mm-hmm. And then you want to look at a okay. 90 day plan that has three to four steps. He said three business goals and one personal goal is how he laid it out. That has to be again, 15 words or less, and then you get three steps to reach each one of those goals. Um, and you write that out. I've been sticking to that plan for f- like five, six years now. And it revolutionized things because it's like, does it fit into one of those three goals? Okay. Does it fit into one of the action steps for those three goals? If it doesn't, mm-hmm. and this is what he told me, which allowed me to focus as a visionary and a integrator was if it doesn't fit into that, it goes on a whiteboard or a post-it note so that you have it somewhere and you can look at it for the next 90 days. If it's still on your mind, it's survived like the the shiny object, like flash in the pan. I love that. I might steal that. <laughs> totally. I mean, it, but it works so because awesome. you're giving, you're giving significance to it. You're not like, oh, that's useless. Oh, you mm-hmm. know what? I'll get to that if it's still important. And we all know this. If it's still important and you look at it, if you look at the post-it note, I'm looking at them, they're on my wall. And I can't remember why I wrote that down. It probably was a flash in the pan. It can go in the trash. But if yeah. I've thought about it while I'm out running or doing something, cool, maybe I'll implement that. If it's, and Clubhouse is a great example. When it came on the scene, everyone was chatting about it. Now nobody gives two craps. Because- I know. I was on it like eight hours a day during Christmas time. And now I haven't been on in three weeks. I did get two clients out of it, but like it still wasn't worth the energy and time. And it was a total shiny object. And I have, as the CEO, I now have the freedom and ability to jump into the deep end on a couple things. But that's actually the thing, right? Is that teams inside of these small companies, they don't. They don't have the time and ability to see, will this work? The CEO does, the team doesn't. And that separation needs to happen (laughs) and they need to know how to do the work to actually accomplish the CEO's real vision, not the shiny objects that they might throw out there. That's, I mean, that's a hundred percent true. So I want to go through what your, when you sit down with somebody and you do this 90 day plan, how do you like, what's a, without getting too deep into the weeds, what's a like one, two, three framework. Yeah. 
So what we try to do is first we get whatever the CEO's vision is for the year, right? So what is their, the goal that they want to have accomplished at the end of that year? Usually we want to know what their revenue goals are, what the revenue goals by the channels, the team that we're working with are, those kinds of bigger numbers that are really set and we can measure off of. Then we will go in with the team and I really love the analogy that is a little bit more of a philosophical analogy. I think it actually came more from the self-development world, but I use it in the marketing sense. So the idea of you need to put your rocks in first. And if you put the rocks in first, then the pebbles, then the sand, you're going to be able to fill the jar more, right? So we, you hear this in the self-development world of you need to put the big priorities, your family, the important things first, and then fill in everything else. So we use it in the marketing sense of, okay, so this is what your big goal is for the year. What is the, what are the numbers we want to put down for this quarter, this 90 days, and then back out where are the rocks? Those are your big items that happen. You should not have more than two or two of them is really ideal. You could go three, but three's a lot in 90 days. So two major rocks in that 90 day period. Mm-hmm that happen milestones. Those could be launches. Those could be promos, whatever your business is that fits that big rock. And then what are the pebbles that are, are leading pebbles to the big rock? So that could be lead generation strategies leading up to your big launch. That could be, um, master classes that could be, um, you know, training videos of how to use your product, whatever. There, there's a lot of different ideas that those pebbles could be that you put on the calendar and say, these are when that those things are happening. And then the sand is all the value that you build around it. So that is your content pillars that you're, that you're going to be posting around. That is your value videos that you're going to do lives about. That is the recording content that you're going to place throughout the time frame that can then be used to build audiences, build credibility, build authority, and build trust. And by doing that, laying it out every 90 days, and we try to do um, the next 90 days, at least three weeks prior to the next 90 days starting. And that gives us this ability to see exactly what we should be focusing on and look at, okay, maybe this next quarter, we want to try something new, like a challenge, because we have the last quarter, we're like, these things worked. We need to see if this one works again. And we're going to add this one new thing. And it gives you the ability to really set it out in a way that is going to accomplish your year long goal and be focused without getting inundated with all of these new ideas. And you can say back to the CEO when they come at you with something. I know I do this to my team all the time of whatever new crazy idea that they have and say, okay, awesome. That actually fits with this thing we're doing this quarter, or that's a really good one. I'm going to put it on the shelf so we can look at it for the next 90 days or no, you're crazy. We can't do that because it's not going to fit with our one-year goal. And it gives the internal teams Honestly, the confidence and leadership to be able to say that because we have mapped out the strategy to accomplish what your actual goal is. Absolutely. That's, I mean, that is a really, really good framework. And I think you're, you're as visionaries, if you're listening to this and you're like, but I like having all the fun ideas. Yeah. The thing is that you're 
team, your employees, your contractors, they love structure. They want a very really? clear roadmap. And when we come at them, like this is, this was really hard for me to, to take because I was like, why doesn't everyone get it? Like, it's so much fun. We're like, right, totally. what energizes the visionary and the entrepreneur and what drives us is not what drives the normal person. They're mm-hmm. like, they see you coming like a giant tidal wave and they're just like, oh, like they show up to work and they're like, cool, I'm going to work on this project over here. And you come in with the energy of, hey, let's do this. And maybe this will work. And how is your day? And oh, let's talk about riding a bicycle. And did you know I got a new dog and we're going to implement this new strategy? And they are like, I haven't even had coffee wow. yet. And here's the thing that I think is really important for visionaries and CEOs to recognize of why doing this for their team, why providing this kind of structure, providing the training and actually helping their team become their own version of leaders mm-hmm. is so important is because when you do that, you get to be the visionary. Like you get to have the crazy ideas and you get to be creative and not have to be like, are the things getting done? Because they're doing the things, they're creating it. They're actually trying to work towards your goals and they can give you the feedback of that's a great idea or like, let's put it on the shelf or it's crazy because they are doing the work that actually is structured to be able to accomplish your vision. For me, when I got to this and I figured this out, I was like, oh my gosh, now I get to have fun and play in my sandbox, which I think I, and I found this at that, at the last company where I actually developed this framework was our CEO there was amazing. He was, but he was an inventor and like, I mean, he made my visionary-ness look like it didn't exist, which is not true, but he was brilliant, but had these huge, massive, crazy ideas. And the idea of frameworks and processes like literally made his skin itch. It just was beyond anything he ever wanted to do. So I quietly did it within our our marketing team. And I, I you know, helped and I would really sit down with him, hear his vision and see, okay, what can we do to like do those things? And it allowed him to then let go and trust us to do the thing without him actually realizing it. I think eventually he did. And a lot of the processes we created in our marketing team expanded throughout the whole company. So there is this place where they're recognizing exactly what you said, that the team needs it to actually accomplish what your big crazy vision is. That's, I mean, 100%. So (laughs) I want to go, I want to talk about how do you manage, because going back to like the CEO, how do you set goals with them? Because I can imagine most CEOs and most visionaries come to the table with crazy goals, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's what drives us. We're like, whoa, we're going, we're going to Everest tomorrow. Like I haven't trained for it, but we're doing it. How do you come in as an advisory agency, right? You're helping them set reasonable goals for the year and for 90 days that, you know, you can reach. How do you have that conversation? Because I, I would think this would be one of the biggest pain points that you actually help solve that people don't know you're actually solving for them. I, it's very true. I mean, it's really interesting to me. This is a little bit of a different answer to the exact question, but I'll circle back. One, 
people don't know their numbers. So first and foremost, the first thing that we do foundationally is get to know those numbers and say, you know, are they actually getting to the, like, is where you're at going to help you get there? Or do we need to solve some of these issues first? Like, are your margins too low and we need to fix that? Are you, um, do you not have a big enough lifetime value with your customer? Is your average order value not high enough? What, and that actually fits for both service-based businesses and product-based businesses. You, those numbers are so vital. And without those, you can't set any major goal. <laughs> okay. Before we go any further, what are the three key numbers? Three or four? Because this okay. is huge. Yeah. So the big numbers that I want to know right off the bat are, um, what is your average order value? What is your lifetime value and average lifetime value? Um, and what is your cost per acquisition? If okay. you have a product business and you're doing e-commerce, I want to know your conversion rate too. So if, I used and to- And then services- um, like what your conversion rate on sales calls is. If you guys are listening to this and you said, my average order number is big and my lifetime value is a lot and my client acquisition is low, you need to sit down and figure, if you know these numbers and you track these numbers monthly, your business will double in a year. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. When I yeah. use, so I used to run live events and I would bring people in and they always had to do a survey to come to the event. And I asked these questions and I can tell you 95% of people that attended the event were business owners. They had to be a business owner again in the room and they did not know these numbers. They would say, um, uh, my average order number is, and they would throw out like some ungodly high number. And then they would be like my average lifetime client value. I, I don't know what that means. I, I a lot like totally. what? Um, and then oh, cost per acquisition, my favorite ever was zero. And I'm like, that is not a real number, but so, okay. No. Once they know those numbers, yes. you got that kind of there. What do you do to the CEO that has the, as visionary, we're supposed to have the big lofty goal, but how do yeah. you dial that in? Because the teams going back to just what we were talking about, the teams want something we're driven, visionary CEOs were driven by huge numbers and huge rev goals. Teams are driven by goals that they know they can hit. Yeah. How do yep. you translate those two to each other? So this is actually, I think, one of my, uh, not zone of genius pieces, but zone of excellence areas is that because of the experience I've had, I really resonate with both sides and, and understand the drive on both sides. So you know, you need to know those numbers. If you've been in business for more than a year, we want to look at it of like, what has your growth trajectory been? And is that a realistic growth trajectory to continue for like, for me, if I use myself as an example, I doubled every year for the last few years. I don't know that I can do that double again this year. And that may not be realistic to even ask my team to be able to execute that kind of work because going from, you know, a half million dollars to $1.2 million, that's a significant more work than it was in the first place. So looking at what is that, what is the actual like capacity going to take and 
why do you want to get to the goals you want to? This is actually one of the biggest core things. And this is kind of more of a coaching thing. But the reality is a lot of times as visionaries, we set these goals because we think that that's where we should be and not because it's actually the business we want to be creating for our life or for the culture of our company or otherwise. So let's sit down and say, why? Like, what is the core reason you actually want that? And then we can look at, is it accomplishable based on the history that you have and the team you have in place? And a lot of times we then need to just look at it and set a number and say, we want to see 30% growth and then break out those numbers based on it. But in that range where you're at 750 to 1.5 million, the CEO really needs to take a hard look at, am I trying to build an empire that is 150 employees and bringing in tens of millions of dollars? Or am I trying to create a business that supports my life, my lifestyle, my family, and has a great culture inside. And maybe the money isn't the thing there. You like, you need to come to that first, because if you're just doing it to like get to the next money level, your pl- employees aren't going to be happy and you're not going to be happy. That's, I mean, that is so true. I, I think having that heart to heart because it, visionary CEOs in the public face, right? They're all like, yeah, Gary Vanderchuk, bleed from your eyes, $200 million this year. But behind the scenes, like, yes, we're driven by vision. We're driven by goals. We're driven by like doing, we want to feel worthwhile. We want to feel like that sense of adventure and commitment and excitement and drive. But like, we also want like life. I work every day. I love what I do. Yeah, But I also want some lifestyle, which for me yeah. is like traveling around the world, meeting with other entrepreneurs, having these kind of conversations, <laughs> like yeah. the, yeah. how, I mean, what you're, what you're talking about is bridging that gap. And I think, mm-hmm. I think it is so incredibly powerful. So Jamie, what I want to go, we've, we've kind of talked about best practices and in turn talked about biggest mistakes, but if there was one thing that you look at besides numbers in your entry level conversation with the business, what is it? Yeah. What do you go? Um, so the other big thing that I'm looking for is if, if the CEO or whoever's heading up wanting the next level of marketing are they ready and wanting to actually build a pit crew that can that can take care of their engine? Are they willing to let that happen? Because a lot of times, the biggest bottleneck is an unwillingness to let go and let that team do what they need to do. What do you say to the CEO or visionary that is like, I, I have to have control. No one can do it as good as I can. How many times have you heard that? Um, (laughs) a lot of times and I done it myself, you know, I mean, I've had to, I've had to get myself out of that and my life got so much better. So typically I will tell my story, like the fact that I could step into my true creative self and be the CEO because I got my team trained to where they need to be so they could be successful. I set them up for success and then I trusted them to do it made 
the world of difference in my life. And it takes off so much stress and it allows your company to actually grow in a meaningful way that's going to impact so many more people. So, you know, I've been there. I know it. Like I've, I've experienced it firsthand. And so I totally understand that piece of it. And I also understand the fear of, um, there's two fears that come out of it. One, that it won't be done as well as you want it to. And I've experienced it happen where it's not done as well as I wanted it to. I've also experienced it now happen where they're actually better than I am. My team is better at buying ads than I am. They absolutely are now. Today they are. And it was because I got them trained on it. The other piece is that sometimes when you've been holding the reins and doing the work, you don't know what you're going to do or who you're going to be when you let it go. And that's really, really scary. So, you know, holding some grace for yourself in the fact that like you have some identity around that and that's okay. I, that is, I mean, you're being pretty, pretty honest and vulnerable with that. Like that is, I think if, if, you're a visionary, a CEO who has been holding the reins a lot. Like that is a scary thing to be like, but that's checking your ego at the door, which allows yeah. you to grow. Because if you, t- if you build your team as rock stars and let them step into their brilliance, they will 100% always love you for that. And they will support you and be loyal. If you lead with an iron fist and you wrap those people so tight and you beat them up and you don't allow them to do that, you'll eventually lose them because they will go somewhere that they can shine. That's my take on it. I totally, and I actually think I'm, I'm seriously thinking about um, submitting a TED talk about this because I think that for too long, we've done a disservice to teams that are a little bit greener in not providing them the training and leadership abilities that will help them level up, which then helps the company level up, that helps the CEO take the role that they really should be taking because we focus so much on leadership at the top level. And the reality is, is if we create leaders internally, everything can change. Well, that's, I think, I think I agree 100%. I think a lot of CEO slash visionaries are get hung up on the fact that like they're scared that if they do that, they the people might leave or they might try to take control. And 99% of people want to be employees at the end of the day. They don't have the same entrepreneurial drive. They're not going anywhere. But yeah. knowing that logically and feeling that emotionally, I, I can relate. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you're 100% correct. Leadership skills, if you grow them in people, builds for a better team, a better business. And it literally is like rocket fuel to your business. Yeah, it truly is. And it is hard. You you said it exactly right. I mean, I, I have a hard time with it. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Like I can, I literally cannot imagine feeling like the security of having a job is better than doing what I do, but we're actually a rarity. (laughs) We're actually a rarity. And it's hard to, um, it's hard to remember that when that's who we are. Yeah. Jamie, (laughs) this has been an amazing interview. It's been super fun. If people want to find you, where should they, where should they check you out? How can they contact you? Yeah. So, um, they can find me at inspiredfocus.co. Um, and, 
they, what I would actually love to do is I am going to be building out. And by this, the time this is podcast airs, it will be live. Um, a mini program that actually allow that teaches the ba- back to basics of the ad buying, those numbers, those things, the very base things so that your team can either ad buy internally or they can, uh, hire the right agency and know they're hiring the right partner. Cause they have some knowledge of what needs to be happening there. It's going to be six weeks. Um, and, with some live coaching involved in that. And so I want anyone who is interested from your listenership, um, they can email me directly, Jamie, J-A-I-M-E at inspiredfocus.co and tell me that you heard me on Steve's podcast and I will give you 250 off of that mini course um, to help your team start to level up in that area. No matter when this is, what year from now, um, I will totally give it to you. Even if I don't have the live coaching sessions, I'll still give you that that money off on the recordings and um, make sure that you can help your team kind of level. Awesome. That is an amazing offer. Uh, if you guys have been listening to this, you know how crazy Jamie is. Like, this is a good <laughs> deal. She's definitely going to take care of you and show you how to set up your business so that you can either hire the right team or build it internally. Jamie, thank you so much for sharing with us. It's been great to have you on. It has been so much fun. Thank you for having me on. Of course. To everyone else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, make money, and we will see you soon. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner, head over to deathtobadwebinars.com and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show and we'll see you next time.